Welcome to Crosstalk, the gospel for today and beyond. We are so glad you could join us today. The Crosstalk podcast is in pursuit of growing in our understanding of the gospel and discovering what it means to transfer to the next generation. And now, here are your hosts, Charles and Daniel. Well, good midweek to our listeners. Uh, We are continuing on in our discussion on Scripture, and now we want to move into uh, this aspect of the will of God as it is revealed in Scripture. So Scripture, the revelation of God's will, following in our uh, revelation-type theme in, in, in our topics here. And, and, I, and I think we want to be practical and both theological in this because there is an aspect of which we're seeking and trying to find God's will for our lives. And we'll talk about that a little bit, but we do want us to focus on the aspect that God's will is revealed in Scripture. That's what we want to understand. That's what we want to hold as a conviction. Um, and that's what is important to, to view when it comes to Scripture. Uh, three things that will guide us, uh, or let me back up. I'm so used to saying three. You actually Sorry. have six today. My bad. Double that. There's six things. <laughs> uh, one is salvation, sanctification, anticipation, celebration, glorification, consummation. Some of these we've already talked about a little bit, but they're good as we talk about this this idea of the will of God being revealed in Scripture. So first off, salvation. We talked about the gospel last week. What more could we say? Well, only that, with that in mind, that God's will is the salvation of a people for himself. Jesus came to save his people from their sins. So God has promised to his son a people. He gives them that people through the preaching of the gospel and um, and so the revelation of the will of God is, is in part, the revelation of this saving of a people. We see that throughout the Old and New Testament. Well, and we know it's God's will. Therefore, I think it even heightens or emphasizes the centrality of the gospel that much more. Because this is part of the will of God coming about. It is. His will being done. His people coming to Him. Uh, him drawing His people to Himself via the missionary, worldwide, gospel-endeavoring work that we seek to do. Um, and I think, I think that's why we say that, as well, far as the salvation being the revelation of God's will. The contrast comes when there are those who do not believe. They are a savor of right. death unto death. There are those who do not believe the will of God is only magnified in, that, in those who believe, in, the, in those God is bringing to himself. And so this is the will of God, to save from sin, from bondage, from punishment, a people. Now, one of the things that I brought up before we went on the air, and I think it's important as we kind of, you know, uh, walk through the, the, the issues that we're talking about in regards to the will of God being revealed in Scripture, is this idea of when it comes to seeking and finding the will of God in Scripture, the Scriptures are not a self-help book. And and I want to bring this up because I think so often Christians kind of go to the Bible to find that answer. And there are answers in there. Right. Don't get me wrong. And there are good answers. There are even sometimes steps, if you will, if I can use right. that phrase. I don't want to be flippant in that. But that's not the ultimate end of Scripture and the revelation of His will. How do we flesh that out? for our listeners, as because on a practical basis, they're coming to the Word of God to know more of Him and know how to obey Him. Well, the will of God for His people is their sanctification, their holiness. 
And we see that throughout the New Testament. Um, in Ephesians 1.4, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. So he chose us to make us holy. Right. Yes, he saved us. But he wants a holy people. He's going to have a holy people. When you look at at Hebrews chapter 12, and it says, Pursue peace with all men and holiness, without which no man will see the Lord. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Um, this is the will of God, your sanctification, your holiness. Sanctification is the will of God for his people. So you've kind of jumped into the next point. <clears throat> yeah. Exactly. But what, you, what you've said is, and it's important for us to understand, the Bible's not a success book mm-hmm. in, the, in the genre that we are used not to seeing on the on books. To, I yeah. have some of those books on right, my show. Right. It's not that they don't have anything to say, but, they're, but the Bible's not a self-help book. It's not a, uh, hey, just do this and you'll have a successful life. Mm-hmm. Uh, you may do this and um, it all falls apart. Go without food. Right. Yeah, you may you may be put in prison. You may uh, you know John Bunyan spent what ten years or so in prison. Right, and uh, people wouldn't call that success. You know, <laughs> so uh, so success in a biblical sense is sanctification. It's growing in grace. It's knowing Christ. It's being a genuine follower of Jesus and giving Him glory. I think in regards to sanctification, I think that then which will get us into this a little bit more on the issue of sanctification, is that the will of God is a process. Our Christian walk is faith. And God revealing himself both in Scripture and through the circumstances of our life that unfold, it's a process. I think if you're just going to go to the Scriptures and I've got my thing for the day, my word for the day, right? and then you walk out and you're going to do that, whatever that word was, well, it may not actually work out that way. <laughs> right. So I think coming to sanctification, it is a process. We're not going to be sanctified overnight. It is a process, which I think takes us more into this point of sanctification. Right. So in that sense, I mean, we don't, if you be otherwise minded, Scripture says, right, you will reveal this unto you. We don't ever arrive this side of glory. Right. We are in pursuit of something, as Paul tells us in uh, Philippians chapter 3, our pursuit Yep. Is our passion, our passion for Christ and to be like Him, that one thing that we do, you know. So yes, and this is the will of God, and yep. it's it's certainly a part of Scripture is this application of this to our lives, right? Uh, which then it's interesting how this builds in us a sense of anticipation. Mm. Um, it's um, um, you know, Scripture speaks of the blessed hope of looking for and hastening unto the day of the Lord, the day of Christ. Um, we are to rest our hope fully upon the Lord and His coming. It's a strange sort of tension. Because mm-hmm, we, we are in, finite. We're not infinite. Right. We live in the now. Right. But our eye is really fixed on what's coming. You know, when, when Paul says in 2 Corinthians 4, 17, 18, while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. The things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. We're thinking in terms of eternity. And Christ builds that sense of anticipation in his disciples. In John chapter 5, he tells them to be thinking in this way. Second Peter chapter 2 tells us, But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which all the elements will be burned up. 
And then he attaches it to holiness by saying, uh, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of persons ought we to be? Hmm. Live in all holiness and godliness. So um, there is um, there is for us this this revelation that God is bringing us to something, and something to us that is far beyond anything we could ever ask or think in this life. Well, and, and Colossians says, as we have received Christ Jesus, so walk ye in him. This idea of the faithful walk as he reveals himself to us, both in sanctification, should should grow our anticipation. Yeah, and if you read Pilgrim's Progress, Christian has his eye on the celestial city. Mm. He's moving toward that. He's walking through the slew of despond. He's running into giants. He's coming into all sorts of things. But his focus is on that celestial city. He is moving forward. So salvation, sanctification, anticipation, what does this produce in us? This and and this is all in the context of the will of God being revealed to us in scripture what does it produce it produces as we as we apply these things in our daily walk it produces a sense of celebration um Paul says in Philippians, rejoice in the Lord always again i say rejoice i like to say that christians we're not giddy we're a christian is not a giddy person but he is a happy person when I say happy, I don't mean that everything about life is happy. Right. But we have a happiness, a joy that is based on – we say happiness is based on circumstances, what happens, and joy is based on sure things that don't change. Well, in a sense, Christian happiness is based on things that happen. We just know what's going to happen. Right. You know, <laughs> right. We know what right. has happened, and we know what's going to happen. That's what gives us joy or happiness. And so uh, – you know, Jesus said, these things I've spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full or complete. This fullness of joy, uh, this um, knowledge of these things we just said, salvation, sanctification, anticipation. I, the world is so busy, especially our culture right now, is so busy being counter what is right in the name of happiness that they're really unhappy and their idea of celebration is totally different. <laughs> it is. You know, and they've got it all backwards. Right. They think the freedom to do whatever they want or however they want, whenever they want, you fill in the blank. As much as they want. As yeah. much as they want. Yeah. Is going to bring happiness and joy. What the funny thing is, is it doesn't. It does not because it always takes a little more. So this idea of Scripture, ultimate authority, the will of God being revealed, which the culture and the world reject – where does this contrast come in, and how do we resolve it? Well, and for a Christian, we know that it's 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 found in centering our life upon Christ, that razor, laser focus. You know, Jesus prayed to the Father uh, that my joy might be fulfilled in them. In First John, John the Apostle says, "These things we write to you that your joy may be full." You know, these truths, the truth of Scripture brings joy to the Christian. It doesn't – I can understand why somebody who's not a believer doesn't see, get, bring, get joy out of it. But those of us who know Christ, know his salvation, know he's making us more like Christ and know what he has for us, we find great joy. Thus, our life is a life of celebration. Yeah, and you, you made a point about the Word of God under this idea of celebration, which I think further goes to our point is it's not a restriction but a release. The release the ability to do what you should do. Right. Happiness is not the freedom to do what you want. Happiness is the freedom to do what you should do. 
and to walk in the way you should. Mm -hmm. If you believe that God is the ultimate authority and he has revealed himself in the word, which we've already talked about, then this has to be the ultimate end of, as far as our response and how we look at things. Yeah, if it, as Christians, the real frustration comes for us when we are no longer, when, when we fall short of this, when we we are frustrated by our own sin, mm. and we see that sense of frustration. The joy comes in Christ's forgiveness and the assurance that He is making us more and more like Himself. All right, so we got salvation, sanctification, anticipation, celebration, which is our response to this idea of the will of God being revealed. Next is glorification. Now, we talked about this a little bit last week, so we don't want to be redundant. But where, where does this come in in this whole idea of the will of God? Well, there's present glorification in that our lives are lived for the glory of God, and then ultimate glorification when we participate in that glory ourselves. Um, the, um, you know, in Romans eleven thirty six, for from him, through him, and to him are all things to whom be glory forever. We can with assurance say, whatever comes to me comes from him or through him. And it's for him, for his glory. So, so this is the focus of our lives, the glory of God. The, and then to know that if we suffer with him, we shall also reign with him. There's a coming. Romans 8 talks about that coming glorification that we will participate in ourselves. So is it safe to say that we are participants in his glory? Yeah, well, we are, but we shall be more. In eternity, uh, we share in that glory to some extent now, but it's only uh, it's it's partial. But when the partial is done away, right, right, you know the 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 completed will will come. And I know that's not referring to that, but but it's true of this idea of glorification. So when Paul says in uh, Colossians three, since. You were raised with Christ. Seek the things that are above, where Christ sits at the right hand of God. Set your affections, your mind there on the things, not on things on the earth. Okay, that's why is that? Well, because there's something coming. Uh, not on things on the earth, for you have died. You died, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, shall appear, there's another key phrase, he's our life, then shall you also, then shall we also appear with him in, in glory. glory. Yeah. Glory is coming for us. There's glory now, but it's a, it's a shaded kind of glory. It's, it's, a, it's coming, the full glory, with Christ that, is, that belongs to the child of God. Well, I think that naturally leads us into the last point, and that is consummation. That end that you're talking about, that which is coming. How is the consummation connected so intrinsically to the real of God being revealed? Well, you know, we go back to a few weeks ago we talked about history and the linear view of history. We as Christians are looking to an end. It's interesting that Peter says in First Peter, the end of all things is at hand. We are on the cusp of eternity. Mm. We are on the cusp of this being wrapped up. I, I like the little phrase that someone had on their desk. I don't know if it was a pastor or someone, but somebody quoted this to me. Uh, it's later than you think. Uh, <laughs> and yeah. uh, the end of all things is at hand. When, when Paul defended and expounded upon the resurrection of Christ and believers in 1 Corinthians 15, he came to a place, he said, and then comes the end. And it's not like the end, like it's all over. No, it's the kind of end that ends this so that the real, the greatness of eternity begins. Well, and you said it's altogether right that we would come back to this. 
Yes, that, you know? because it all comes around to the consummation, to the end, yeah. to the to the point of it all. I'd like, as a pastor years ago, I heard talk about eternity and living in eternity, and he called it the eternal now. There will hmm. be no time in the sense that we have to watch our watches. We don't have to put anything on the calendar. We're not bound by time. There is this eternal now, forever and ever, we are in his presence and doing his will and knowing his joy and goodness. I mean, we know the constraints of that because even now I'm looking at a clock. Right. I mean, I'm, I'm watching. Yeah, only sure got so we don't, much time here. Right. right. Well, not only that, but we don't go over – we try to have an allotted amount of time that we record and it's not too long and – we, we, we have a system by which we right. go through, and everything's based upon the clock. And it has to be. Yeah, and because that's life. what we live in. Because, hey, I've got something else to do after this when mm-hmm. I'm done. Right. <laughs> in fact, there's i got some, a lot of things to do after the this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the phone's already ringing. You know what I'm saying? It's, right. it, the texts are coming yeah. in. The, all this stuff, we're so consumed with, with time. But the, the eternal now, and there's a sense in which, you know, the eternal now, I, I want to harken back to that, because there's a sense in which we, eternity begins now. But I think what you're talking about is is when we are with Christ in glory, time will be mean nothing anymore. Timeless now, the timeless yeah. present. Um, in fact, we're struggling here to to communicate it. Yeah, to to somehow um, verbalize it. You wrap can't it because, up in a nice bow. Yeah, you can't do it. But we we will have it. When Jesus says, "I'm the Alpha and Omega, the first and the last," He's the ultimate expression of this consummation because all things will be consummated in him and we will forever enjoy him and well, what and it means to know and follow him. I think it's safe to say with this idea of Scripture, the revelation of God's will, enjoy Scripture at what it is. It is revealing God. It is revealing who God is and what he seeks to accomplish. Yes, that means for your life personally. There's a personal aspect of it, but there's also an aspect of just his all-consuming preeminence. And I, and I think we need to keep that in mind as we read in Scripture to bring it practically here, that he's revealing himself, and we walk in that in obedience by faith. And in that sense, Christ is all we need. Mm. He is the ultimate, the unspeakable gift that we that we can almost not express. Yeah. And and the word of God is is God's revelation of him to us. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well this has been good. Encouraging, uplifting to my soul as we've talked about it. And I hope it's been to our listeners and all I can say is, is join us next week and we'll continue as Amen. we talk about this issue of scripture. Thanks everyone so much for joining us today. You can always visit us on the web at crosstalkpodcast.org. Crosstalk is produced by Vision for Living Ministries, a nonprofit organization. This podcast is a free resource, but you can support us financially through our website. For more information on Vision for Living Ministries, visit our website at visionforliving.org, where you will find more great resources. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram Just search for Vision for Living or on Twitter, at V4L. We also love to hear from our listeners. You can email us anytime at info at visionforliving.org. Be sure to join us next week on Crosstalk, the gospel for today and beyond. Mm -hmm.